Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Supposed to be cuddled to sleep by kittens, Tim. Uh, what? Cuddled to sleep by kittens. Who? What? Nothing bad is supposed to happen to you, Pete. Oh well, yes, no. Um, well, nothing. Well, okay. Yes, something bad happened to you, Pete. Something real bad happened to you, Very bad. Oh. Um. So, uh, hi, I'm Tim. I'm devastated. Uh, he's also known as Dustin Ooh. in some places. Uh, this is Zompocalypse Now. Yes. Where we are discussing Preacher. Right now. And what Dustin is referring to is the latest in the significant deviations that the TV show Preacher has taken from the comic series. In that last I recall, Eugene makes it to the end of the 75 issues not sent Directly to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go directly to the fiery pits. Right. So, yeah. Um. Um. Okay. So we've been talking about for the whole run of this show how eventually Jesse is going to have a moment where he realizes that maybe imposing his will with the God voice is not necessarily the best right. thing yes. to mm-hmm. do. And so I'm getting that this might be the beginnings of that. Well, it certainly wasn't tonight where um, all attempts to reach him in a rational manner mm-hmm. failed miserably. Right. Uh, He's decided that he is going to save the world well, one podunk Texas town at a time. Well, and he seems to think that saving this town is going to make him free of his promise, which I'm presuming is the promise he made to his father. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's not going to end well. No. It's already going... We, we knew. We've known it was not going to end well for quite some time. Yeah, the slippery slope here of Jesse's moral center right is well he doesn't really have one right i think he thinks he thinks he's having one he thinks he's trying to he's well we we, there was a great bit today where basically it's like you know you're trying to convince yourself you're doing the right thing right and that's the mayor of course who's now currently you know complicit in the shooting deaths of several people uh, and he goes to Jesse, and he's looking for guidance, and he's being very vague, because, of course, it's one of those things you try to avoid saying is, hi, um, I'm complicit in the murders of four people. Right. Uh, what should I do about that? <laughs> and so he, you know, he's he's basically saying, what it's, how can you tell it's the voice of God in your head that's right. telling you, that's giving you the direction, or is it just yourself saying what you want to hear? Exactly. And Jesse's like, oh, no, you know, you know. The difference. And it might as well have a big giant arrow pointing down on his head going, talking about you. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, Eugene has been... The the three stories in this episode were Jesse dealing with Genesis. We know it's Genesis now. Right. 
Genesis and the Angels. Eugene uh, being treated very nicely by the kids of the other children of what's her name? The girl with the divot's mother. Right. And Tulip and Admin Lady. Uh, <laughs> like. Her name bonding? is Emily. Whatever. And her, Admin her Lady. name was repeatedly. Uh, they said uh, it about tonight. six times tonight because I think that people realized, oh, she's been in every episode of the show, and I think we've said her name twice. Uh, Lucy Griffith is the actress. Hi, Lucy. Uh, the character's full name is Emily Woodrow. Okay, doke. And uh, yes, but she is admin lady or church lady. Um, right. <laughs> I like admin lady. I, I, well, I like her. She's there. Um, were, there were several I, moments tonight where I almost expected her to just like. Get a frying pan and just clock tulip. Oh no, I don't think that that's where they were. That's I'm just I would not. I'm, I'm saying that it would not have surprised me if it happened. No, because they are they are basically two sides of this. Like they can't. There would be there would be no point in her trying to act out in that way. I think that with this show, the the idea of any of these characters having being who they appear to be is questionable. There is, we've we've said it before. There is no real, you know, none of these characters have uh, are good people, uh, and she's might be the best of the people. Well, that Jesse we've seen. or not Jesse, Eugene was pretty good. Right. Well, yeah, you okay. Yes, that's true. But there's what possibly happened, like what his big sin was. That's true. They're still vague about it. They still have not told us what it is. Yeah, but you got to assume that it was something to do with Divot Girl. Right. It's going to be um I think we may actually get an answer due to the fact that now he's going to be missing. Right. This may we may get more of the uh, uh, explanation as to what happened there, but um, the look on Jesse's face after Eugene vanished is because he sees us. He says, "Go to hell, Eugene!" And then there's this noise of and fire, and then Eugene is gone. And the look on Jesse's face is not one of remorse or shock or even particularly concern. I don't know. I think that might be a problem with the actor that they they cast. Dominic, what's his last name? Dominic Cooper. Co- yeah, Dominic Cooper. I don't I don't feel like he has that kind of face that can convey anything but smug. I think he's smug at this point. I don't I don't think it's I think he's drunk on power. I think he's drunk on I think he's drunk on the idea of being the preacher. You the, think? The, the one you know, he's I don't know. idea of being a savior. I don't know. Uh, it everything seems to be pointing to me. It seems to be pointing to him being just, you know, uh, a well-meaning, selfish monster. On one level, he's telling himself that he's doing the right thing, but he's also being selfish because he wants to believe this is going to make him. It's going to free him of this promise. It's going to free him of this weight. Yeah. And so he's telling himself he's doing the right thing, but he's basically going to burn down the world to do the right thing. Or send everyone to hell. One parishioner at a time. I don't know. Or in bulk. <laughs> it's it's so morally dubious and crazy, and I just like it. 
just so much. <laughs> so yes, we have the we have the we have the three storylines. We have yeah. Jesse, and we we've basically the episode kicks off with Jesse at the diner with the angels. Pick up right where right. we left last week, and they're getting ready to. The angels explain a little more of the situation, yeah. and. Uh, they're attacked by another angel, right? Who is dressed as a suburban mother, and we has such a great walk. Yes, she looks like she is on her way to the bathroom with really bad diarrhea. Like and, no one get in my way because it would be super bad for you if you did. And yet she basically shows throughout the course of the what ten yeah. fifteen minute sequence, right? That she will mess you up. Yes, but good. And she's got a gun, and she's gonna punch you through the wall, and rip, yeah. you know. And, and they and they explained how like if uh, when they die, when the right, angels' when the bodies angels die. die, they turn into, they just come back somewhere else, mm-hmm. and it could be like right next door, or like several feet away, or whatever. It doesn't matter. They're coming back. So, so in the course of this fight, the angels are basically killing each other. Yes. And then one of them, they'll, they'll die, and then all of a sudden the closet will open. And they're all, they're, they're And it'll step out of the closet. Their corpse is still on the floor. Yes. So this room at the hotel is rapidly filling up with bodies. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> like, every time somebody dies, and they keep saying, don't kill her. <laughs> like, we have to, like, get her and hold her down. Restrain her. Restrain, restrain don't kill. And finally they get to the point where they've got her restrained. And then Cassidy walks in the door and shoots her in the head. He's like, "What's going on, you guys?" <laughs> and uh, so, at the in the end, they do restrain her, and I think Hair Angel went and cut off her arms and legs. Uh, yes, and the, you 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 see them standing in the room full of corpses, and you hear the sound of the chainsaw. And he comes out of the bathroom, and it's like, "So, what did you do?" And he's like, um, "I basically, you know." He didn't use the word dismember. It's a, yeah. word, it's a word that essentially means he cut off her arms and legs. Right. So she can't go anywhere. Yeah. And, and I bet she's pissed. Oh, I would imagine so. But that's basically the end of the angels. They say, okay, now can now you see the problem here. Can we have our Genesis back, please? And Jesse's like, uh, no. And then he says, stay away from me. Yeah. And they literally are forced back away from him. Yeah. And that's not going to end well either. No. Uh, and as for those of you who follow Dustin on Twitter, um, yes, it is a terrible, terrible shame they destroyed that beautiful vintage uh, field telephone. They only destroyed one. They That's true. The one. And I can, but yet I cannot have it. And yes. this is this is a crime and a sin. Not the only crime and sin that this. this no, episode, good lord, no. <laughs> uh, committed on us tonight. So the second storyline. Was Eugene being having these people be very nice to him, and like every moment of that, I was like, they are lulling him into exactly. some false yeah. sense of security. That's something exactly terrible what I is going to happen. They end up taking him down to this this uh, culvert, culvert, a... yeah, water drainage thing, and I'm like, they're going to beat the crap out of him down yeah. here. And no, they show show off some fireworks, and he gets to see this beautiful like display of fireworks and and then he goes to jesse and he's like i i don't want to be forgiven this way because he can he can tell that jesse somehow made the mother forgive him right and so he's like i don't i this is i feels like cheating feels like i've gotten like this is not what god would want 
And I, I tweeted about this too. It's like, I, it irritates me and a, that shows like this, mm-hmm. like this is a show about a Judeo-Christian church, Judeo-Christian preacher, mm-hmm. the Judeo-Christian ideal of heaven and hell and all that stuff. Right. They are in a church having a conversation about forgiveness. And no one says Jesus unless they're using it as a swear word. That's right. They say the Lord and God. Right. But they don't say Jesus. And I'm not... I'm not sure why shows do this. I just don't get, I don't get why. Like, there is a perfect, there's a perfect moment there for them to be, for them to say, like, you know, to talk, I mean, I don't know. I guess as, as a person of faith, it's something that I, and a person who is also media savvy, Mm -hmm. went to school for media, knows about, pop culture and media it's something right. that i i see when that I, sort of thing you know happens. i kind of wonder like i well, go ahead no i was gonna say i kind of wonder that maybe maybe because there is so much potential there a lot of a lot of the more conservative stripes of christianity and, and to some you know american christianity is about 100 and different 50 different flavors right so there's no contrary to a lot of popular belief in in the news, there's not one monolithic Christianity in America. Right. Every, all these different sects and sects. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I grew up Lutheran. There's three fav- flavors of Lutheranism, and it ranges from Methodist light, which is what I grew up with, all mm. the way up to, dear God, you're insane. Right. Um, of course. I grew up Southern Baptist. And so, yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, and there's the Baptists uh, have the same kind of range. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are a pretty imp- pretty sizable social block, right? And so I think that maybe they're. It's almost like it's almost like the words you don't say on television. We've all decided that we're not going to mention the thing that's going to get us the nasty letters, right? From which is changing, I think, because the 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 power of the religious right maybe doesn't have the same kind of heft that it used to have, right? But see, again, like I like I said, like. If it were, if that, I think that were the case, because Jesse does, he just, he's like, Jesus, Eugene, like, mm-hmm. he uses it in the connotation of a swear word, and I would think they wouldn't even do that, but they do, and I'm wondering, I just, I'm wondering, like, because that would be, in my mind, if I were writing that scene, that would be, because, because, you know, I would I would put that make that in the conversation have Eugene saying something along the lines of you know I don't I feel like I'm cheating I feel like this forgiveness isn't you know wasn't something I earned mm-hmm. and maybe Jesse saying you know but you know how do you know what's God's will and what's not and I think that would be a good way for us to couch Eugene as a character that's like but this is not I don't think Jesus would be you know, okay with this. I don't think that this is what Jesus meant when he said forgive. Because this woman was not forgiving on her own free will. She was forgiving because she was forced. I think 
what I almost want to see now that we've been talking about this is this becomes something that shows up in the show mm-hmm. because it kind of could easily factor into the fact that what Jesse is doing here, no matter what he's telling himself, this is not about serving God. God. Or in, yeah. Which is, I just realized as soon as I say this is a dangerous thing because he's already told, uh, oh, to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, go, go serve God. Wait a minute. This is about things. Yeah. So say, this is, well, you know, Jesse, Jesse's got this idea in his head of what it means to save these people. Right. And very little of that we have seen so far of any of his efforts to do this have really turned out well. Right. You know, even this where he, where he goes to, you know, he, he's made the mother forgive Eugene. Mm-hmm. You know, even Eugene can see that you know the benefit, the beneficiary of this, right. sees that it's wrong. Right, and it was it was funny to me that like, admin lady comes in and they've got all this stuff set up for all this huge church church, church service, and he's gonna he's gonna basically I think that he's planning to just like tell all these people like be saved or whatever half assed cockamamie way he's gonna say it because that's one of the big problems i have with jesse having genesis is that he does not like get a pad of paper out and like sketch out what he's gonna say he just like (laughs) says some craziness but so they're preparing and admin lady is kind of like you know you know eugene's waiting he's like oh i'll talk to him later and then like i don't remember what he says that's Makes her kind of like irked. oh he, he he said you and Tulip did a really good job oh right setting all this up and and the look yeah. on her face yeah and, and she could have cut him in half with her <laughs> eyes he would be in quivering pieces on the floor right. and then she's like I'm just gonna send Eugene in now well you know interestingly enough it, it occurred to me as we're talking here that in the opening of the comic series. Yeah. Before Genesis hits Jesse, he has basically gone off on this tear where he basically just opens a can of verbal whoop-ass on the entire town. In the congregation, he basically just starts laying out their sins in front of them. Oh, yeah. And it's it's this, you know, accusatory rant. And it occurs to me... That if we are treating this first season as basically the origin story of Jesse's quest to get answers, yeah, that is could be what we see next. Is basically Jesse sits there and goes, "Here's why you're all terrible people," and it could get ugly really fast. Mm. And then, of course, doing it with the voice of God. So yeah, uh, or the voice of Genesis. We we you know we have to get used to calling it that. Although it is yeah. the voice of God power. So I don't know. That could be where it's going. Um, it's interesting. Is that every single shot we had of of uh, Eugene, where he's the places that he would go to. He you know his his locker said die. Yeah. Um, his uh, his place. His cafeteria. Seat in the cafeteria said something awful which is like he knows like this is where i sit because it says something awful yeah it's i'm wondering though it is it's almost like he's he refuses to accept that he could be forgiven but see and i get that i mean but at the same time it's you know he's he's right but i also think he's also you know 
Well, we don't know. We don't know if he's right. We don't know. We have not been given. No, no, no. He's he's right in the fact that Jesse Jesse did this to him. Right. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. That he's right about. Oh. Not not that the forgiveness wasn't earned. Mm-hmm. It was it was imposed. And so our second storyline. Or third. Well, yes, third. Tulip, tulip and admin lady becoming BFFs forever. Or something. Or something. Um, or or like I I put it. I wish I could have put it, but I could spell vegetal. They are they are failing the f- out of the vegetal test. Like these two women oh God. who are like Tulip, like her whole thing is I'm getting my boyfriend back. Mm-hmm. And Admin Lady, her whole thing is I'm in love with Jesse. Like they have while Tulip is a badass mm-hmm. and I am yes. greatly enjoying her. And while admin lady in her own way is kind of a badass and i'm enjoying greatly her as well they have no motivation outside of the fact that jesse is in both of their lives at all in any way in any way well okay no tulip has revenge yeah she's got she's got revenge but she can't she's refusing to go and do it without she's not yeah that's it she's not taking it without jesse she's she's her entire character right now is about choosing to make jesse come with her Mm mm-hmm as opposed to just going off and living her life. Now, clearly she was living her life before she came to town mm-hmm. to find Jesse. Um, but, yes. No, they're definitely failing the Bechdel test. That is, uh, But at the same time, I really do want to see them go at it with Jesse in the middle. Right. And I don't mean in a, in a sexy, fun time way. I mean more of a, you know, Jesse cowering as they basically right. let I him mean, have it. Yeah. I, I, I feel like Emily... Oh, whoa, whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, please make a note. Yes, yes. Knows that she's being used by Jesse uh, to do all these things. and Now, do you think Jesse is consciously doing it or Jesse is just oblivious? I think Jesse is oblivious. He is an oblivious person. He does not see two feet past what he wants in any situation. Yeah, no, I... I, I... I'm I'm still torn about that whether or not he's he's completely oblivious to her, or if he's no letting himself letting taking taking advantage in that in that level that people do sometimes when you you know somebody cares about you and you're gonna let them do stuff for you. Hmm. You're not you're not actively making them do anything, but you're saying, hey, could you just could you do that? And you're never asking them for anything big. But she's already she's already helping at the church. Yeah, you know he's not really making her life different. He's just, you know, asking her to take care of things. And how much of that um, is if that's if that's completely oblivious, or if there's that level of, you know, no, I would say I would I'm going to go with completely oblivious huh? as my personal opinion of it mm-hmm. because I don't think that he sees anyone. At all. I don't think he's... I think that that's part of... He doesn't see anyone past what he feels is his obligation to make this... Keep this promise to his father. Mm -hmm. He doesn't see any of these people as anything but his obligation. They are all faceless, interchangeable obligation to him. Okay, yeah. And I I think an example of that that really probably pops right out is where... He looks at Eugene and says, I don't know why you keep coming here yeah. to talk to me. 
when the answer is Eugene's answer is is the very obvious one. You're the preacher. You're the preacher. You know, that's, that's you know that's your role, right? So he doesn't he doesn't see admin lady as anything but oh you're the person who's supposed to help me do this. Mm-hmm. He doesn't see that she is a woman who has obviously developed feelings for him. Yeah, she doesn't see that anything. She just it's you know didn't see it. And when Tulip comes into comes back into his world, demanding that he be he leave, he doesn't see that she. Ooh, see that that's, that's where things get weird because he does see her and he does he listen does, and to he her. He sees Cassidy, and he sees Cassidy. Well, well kind of sees Cassidy. He, you know, I he think, sees Cassidy on a level. He doesn't listen to Cassidy. No, he's yeah. I don't think he actually. Has ever heard a word Cassidy said? But they did another one of those great things. Oh, I haven't seen you in a couple of days. What have you been up to? And Cassidy says all these things, and, and Jesse's just like, oh, "All right then, <laughs> yeah, sure." Exactly. Well, um, admittedly, it was after they just had the whole angel fight in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it was it was fan service night for uh, for the audience today, as we got both uh, Jesse and Cassidy in their oh, underwear. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I okay. think I've seen videos that start that way. <laughs> well, um, now hang on a second. You were you were saying talking about the sexiness of Cassidy. Yeah. Now I see there's Cassidy in in all his skinny glory. Yeah. And his tattoos. And... Right. And uh, and then and Dominic Cooper is very lovely. They are they are well shaped people. They are. Yes. It's a little appalling. They actually, I think that I think that when they cast the actor who plays Cassidy on TV, they were like. It's American TV, dude. Like, you have got to get a trainer. You've got to do some work. Because he was naked just so, so much on on uh, Misfits. And it didn't look like this? No. Okay. And he, he looked, they looked good. They looked good. I, would, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it at all. But I don't have any of that, like, oh... You know, let's let's erotically ship Cassidy and Jesse. No, I don't no, have no. Any of that? I imagine someone somewhere is because someone is yeah. always doing something like that somewhere. But no, I can't. It doesn't seem like doesn't. They don't seem like a good couple. Um, and I think it's too obvious that you know we right. should we need, we need to get uh, Tulip and Jesse naked together. Right. Oh, and we but we did have that whole like the Tulip and Cassie like wait a minute. You're his whatchamacallit? Oh, oh no, you're his whatchamacallit. Yeah. And and a shot with Jesse and Cassie on the st- either side of a door. Mm-hmm. It was very symbolic. It was a, a super Cassidy sitcom-y. sat in the dark. Yeah. This is not going to end well. Yeah. Which is weird because like I, I, could t- like I mentioned to you last week, there's that whole sequence where where in the course of the comic, Jesse is, they think Jesse is killed. Mm-hmm. And, and Cassidy... Basically, he gets to have his way with Tulip. Uh, he basically emotionally and physically rapes her, essentially, yeah. for months. And because he keeps her drugged and, and basically in a haze of grief. And, you know, I'm here for you. I'm here for you kind of thing. And so when Jesse comes back, because he's not dead. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert for a comic book. 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not, he's not happy. And Tulip's not happy when she's when she finds out either when she's when she's brought out of it. The idea, but the the readers didn't really know get that sense that Cassidy cared about Tulip 
that way until much further along in the story. Here, it's like we're really getting those characters. We're getting the the details of these characters so that when we get on that hunt for God and the, yeah. and the Saint of Killers is after them, we're not going to have to worry about a whole lot of character backstory here or, or relationship alignments. Um, it's all just going to be there. Um, mm, well, enough. Enough to where we can, you know, have a couple of good action sequences. Well, as long as they're like the action sequence at the beginning of the episode in the yeah. hotel room. Because that was awesome. I, but back to, back to Admin Lady and Tulip. Yeah. I think you're right. I think Jesse sees Tulip much better than he sees anyone else. But again, she is still colored by what he sees as his obligation. She is a stumbling yeah. block in his obligation. She's still not Well, she's the temptation. Right. She's the she's the reason that, you know, if he if he gives in and leaves with her, then he can't fulfill the obligation. Right. And he wants and you know, I think that sense he gave tonight of really wanting to be free. Mm-hmm. You know, I will save this town and then I will be free. Um, she's in the way of that right now. Right. Um, but there's something lovely and passive aggressive about every single moment that Emily and Tulip were on camera together. Mm-hmm. And then every moment that Emily or Tulip and, and Jesse and then Emily and Jesse were on camera together. They're just glaring at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because because Tulip saw immediately like what Emily was all about. Oh yeah, Im- immediately. Jesse doesn't see it. He's probably never going to see it. He's he's the worst. He's the worst. And to- Emily saw what Tulip was about right away mm-hmm. as well. I mean, yes, she saw it because she knocked on her door, came in her house, said, stay away from my boyfriend, and then broke a, a thing that her kid made for her. Did you get a sense that that thing was just one of those children's things oh, that yeah. well, is not said, an animal you, of any kind? I was like, <laughs> you broke my kid's art thing. It's an animal of some kind. Yes. And then they're Probably whole, a dinosaur. Yeah, then their whole, like, sitting there talking was... You know, even when they weren't talking about... Well, they were. They were talking about him. And it's just, you know, just so ugly. Well, it's just incredibly awkward, too, because they're looking at each other, I think. They're both seeing... Tulip is seeing in Emily this person who is... she's Emily is not going to tell Jesse that she loves him. Mm-hmm. And if she does tell him that she loves him it's going to be because something has happened right. like the church has burned down mm-hmm. and she's, she'll be like you stupid idiot I've always loved you blah 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 you know go to hell and she'll storm out right Tulip is going to storm into someone's house and say stay away from my boyfriend mm-hmm. you know she's not hiding any of this and the idea they're, they're just neither they're not neither one is is the enemy right Jesse is the enemy in this particular age. Because I think that Jesse really is just, he's, they were, he's, Jesse is the villain of the show. Yeah. Um, Odin is murderous. But and, delightful. But delightful. Uh, That's and not, and clearly, yeah. clearly crazy and murderous. Um, how murderous he was prior to Jesse's intervention is. Remains to be seen. He probably he's probably one of those big Texas business guys 
who has baby asked for somebody to be beaten up? Will no one rid me of will no one rid me of this troublesome priest? <sighs> I just you're right. I think the like IO9 a couple of weeks ago when when Jesse pulled the whammy on Odin Kincannon mm-hmm. wrote this whole article about like um did Jesse like neuter the villain of the show in episode three of the show. Right. And I, I think what you just said is more accurate than what IO9 was, was I think postulating. What hap- I think what happened there is you have someone who's imperfectly remembering the comic. Because you get, th- what, three, two or three years into the comic, and Odin is the big bad yeah. of a whole story arc. Yeah. In a different town, though. It's not, it's, it, this is all in very that, condensed. Like season. Right. And so it'd be mm-hmm. like two, you know, th- season three or four, you'd basically have Odin as the big villain. And you still might. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it's, and even then, what actually ends up happening to Odin is, I don't think we're, we're going to remotely get through this. Yeah. So I think I think it's like the, their imperfect memory of Odin supposed to be the big bad and, right. and the idea that somehow Odin is suddenly going to be the big bad of the first season I think is, you know, at that point I think that those people and I think the folks over at IO9 anyway were kind of looking at Jesse Moore as being you know, a suave anti-hero. Right. I don't, I don't think I think we're really seeing this. This is the this is the kind of the hero's journey we're getting in a weird way, not the standard hero's journey, but I mean it's He's, he's got to basically burn down his world to recognize that he has to save it mm-hmm. and save it the right way. Um, because in the comic, of course, he he demands answers because he, the, the because of what has happened, you know, he's questioning why God would let this happen. And because mm-hmm. he can ask God for an answer, he's going to get an answer out of God. Um, and... Right now, I think we basically have Jesse being having a hard time justifying that a good chunk of this isn't his fault, right? Entirely. So, which it is, which it is. Everything that's happened so far, the bad guy. Yes, which is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's terrible for everyone around him. Yes. Um, well, I mean, it's arguable that this is kind of what AMC likes to do. You know, white white guys with problems is their favorite is the flavor of like if Ben and Jerry's was going to create an AMC ice cream, it would be vanilla (laughs) with, you know, gummy penises and blue meth in it. Cause it's white guys with problems. Yeah, that's true. You know, in all fairness though, um, that is sort of the comic too. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we, uh, that Ruth Nega, who is a, who's a, a black actress, mm-hmm. is playing the extremely blonde tulip. Very white, very blonde tulip from the comics. But she's not the main character. No, she's not the main character. Uh, but uh, That's Jesse. That's just true. like Just like you, just like Breaking Bad was about Walter White, a white guy with problems. Of course. Becoming the villain. And just like Mad Men was about... Don Draper, a white guy with problems, having white guy problems all over the white guy place. Well, if you're going to set a film, in a, if you're going to set a show in an advertising firm in the 1950s, you're kind of stuck with white guys as mm. your, your character options. Well, yeah, no, I, anyway, I no, I, I, I tend to agree, but at the same time, I think that the problems that Jesse is developing are going to be a lot different than say, well, if they manage to keep this tone, like we got the fight scene, yeah, and take it to the level of the 
bigger storyline that we're get, in theory getting here. Um, it's going to be, you know, not your standard white guy with problems show. Mm, I hope, I hope not. But whatever. <laughs> I'm not. I'm right now. I'm still really not mad at it. Like, you know, because all the characters are compelling. Jesse is probably one of the worst antiheroes that I've seen on TV. But it's well, been very enjoyable. Well, because the characters around him are more sympathetic than he is. Mm-hmm. And he's the catalyst for a lot of pain without any self-awareness. I think, this, I think the best anti-heroes right. are the ones who are actually aware of what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and whether or not they enjoy it or not or, or take pleasure in it, they're still aware of it. Um, he He's just oblivious to what he's doing to people. Yeah. Um, and I think he's going to stop being oblivious very quickly. I don't know. I don't think so. I think next. I think the next episode is going to be hit him in the face like a two by four. I don't think so. I I disagree with you. We'll see. Well, okay then. <laughs> I um tweeted out yeah that Eugene was not supposed to go to hell. He was supposed to be cuddled to sleep by puppies. Right. Yes. And everyone who has favorited this tweet has been a Trump supporter, and I'm a little afraid. Well, no, that gives us hope. It means that some Trump supporters still have empathy. Okay. And I think that that's a that's a good sign. Everyone who's supported is a Trump supporter. How did you manage that? I don't know. Well, it's only been favorited three times. Three times. Okay. Oh, so that sounds like this giant number of people have favorited well, the wall of Trump. Well, one one lady's profile, her 140 character profile on Twitter, included proud infidel. So it didn't say Trump. Another guy's did say Trump. Awesome. And then another one was a teenage girl. So I'm not gonna like hoist my hoist that label on her. So two out of three, a a good third. Well, it's still early yet. Yes, it is true. So that's uh, uh, we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed that you haven't become the new uh... a new new mouth plate. <laughs> new. Well, oh no, you, I would love to be a mouth plate for Trump. <laughs> Let's just, oh, can, can I, I'll do that. Can I be a mouth plate? I'll do that. I'll take that job. Oh, there we go. Uh, yes, that would be, if you if you can just find a way to keep him quiet, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, we'll just who stop is, with the talking. Who, who is that Who is that chubby, chubby middle-aged guy hanging on Trump's face? Why is he straining with all his might to keep his pants clenched <laughs> over his mouth? He's... He's sacrificing himself <laughs> to save us all. Uh, His name is Dustin. Remember that name. <laughs> so- <laughs> Epic poems and songs will be written. There will be, there will be statues. I swear to God. Uh, we will get you a statue. So anyway, this has been Apocalypse Now. Oh, goodness, it has. Um, and yes. J- join us on Sci-Fi for me. Yes. Whenever you can to to enjoy our sci-fi-ness. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Oh, yes, the Twitters and the Facebooks uh, for sci-fi for me. And Tim and I both tweet individually. I tweet a lot more than Tim. He tweets a lot more conversationally and entertainingly. I tweet a lot more with our articles and things like yes. that. So. And, um, uh, but, and you uh, can also find us on Instagram yes. and Everywhere, just all the places that fine books are sold. <laughs> yes, and if you're listening to us on podcast.com, thank you very much. 
Uh, you can also find us on iTunes. But if you find us on iTunes, please comment or like or do something so that we know you listen because we don't get that. For iTunes some does not share any data with anybody, and so they're very they're very selfish. Yes, we like we love you, iTunes, but you're you're selfish. So you're you're like Jesse, iTunes. Don't be like Jesse. Well, until next time, when we will be discussing also Preacher, but also episode two of Dead of Summer. Yes. Uh, I'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks for listening, folks. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Ha, 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 ha.